Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Mike Molina, and Andy Bernard. And we'll be right back. Tim Lammers joins us today. Kostaki Economopoulos, whose team got beat by the Vikings. Ha, 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 ha. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and Russell, was it Russell Shorto? Yes. What does Russell do? Uh, something about something. Well, that's really clear. That's great. There's Andy for really you. Really clear to book some guests. Uh, something revolution, about something. American Revolution. What about the American Revolution? He's uh, he wrote a book on it. It's about the revolution six song. figures of the American Revolution. Works George for me. Washington and his friends. All all Washington's buddies. Yep. All right, we'll be right back. Tim Lammers will join us first. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard Podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional body work costs. Broken windshield? Walzer Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well, Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com. There's a Viking fan. Oh, yeah. discussion this morning on the KQ Morning Show about the fact that I've been a Viking fan since I was nine years old and how they've let me down year after year after year. And I just talk about that, trying to, you know, warn people. I'm just waiting for it. I know. But, I mean, I I literally have gone through so many. And it's it's not just the fact that the Vikings have choked in four Super Bowls. Well, they only actually choked in two of the four. Uh, They they were never going to beat the Oakland Raiders that year. That was not going to happen. And uh, who was the Steelers? The Steelers, the Dolphins, and uh, and the um, Chiefs. Chiefs. They should have blown the Chiefs off the face (laughs) of the earth. 
and didn't win that game. They got blown out in that game. Twenty <laughs> was it twenty three to seven, twenty four to seven, so, something like that. Everybody thinks that the Vikings are going to go all the way, huh? <laughs> That's what a lot of people it was, think. It was Tevin last week, and now it's you. I don't know. They say that Vikings. they're a well oiled machine, I and they're know. communicating great, and they're they playing. Say that, the, like Tom mentioned, they've been saying that. They've said that years before, and then mm-hmm. we're all let down, and then it's just a worse winter than ever. It's true. No, a gopher basketball team being good and the Vikings being good at the same time really helps because uh, in just two weeks, the uh, winter solstice is, is in two weeks, a little over two weeks, actually. And therefore, the days start getting longer. Daylight uh, hours of the day start getting longer. So that helps. But here's the deal. And people are calling in and asking, why can't you just be happy? I'll tell you why I can't. Yeah, just Melina, be happy. why can't you just be happy? I am a huge Viking fan, always have been. I watched them play four Super Bowls very poorly. They were not. I still think somebody was was taking side money and tanking the team just to win a lot of money. I really do. They couldn't have been that bad in some of those Super Bowls. I feel like that happens in a lot of Super Bowls, and one day we're going to find that out. Oh, I guarantee you, just like the 1919, uh, was it 1919 uh, World Series? World Series. Just like the 1919 World Series. Well, it was Series. fixed. That was a while ago. That's it was a long fixed time ago. by uh, Arnold Rothstein. He fixed the World Series. Well, I, you know, anytime there's big money involved with anything, anything's possible. That is correct. So here's the problem I have it's not only the fact that we've choked away four Super Bowls. Okay, it's not only that, it's the fact that in 1975, Drew Pearson pushed Nate Wright to the ground and got away with it. We didn't even make it to the Super Bowl that year because the Dallas Cowboys cheated and the officials let him get away with it. Well, it's just like 2009 with the Saints. The They're Saints. Cheating. But now they with were the, cheating like mad. Now that they can review the plays. It yeah. doesn't matter. They could review the plays back then. Not like they can now. Didn't they pass some sort of new thing? Where they yeah, can, they did. Yeah, so. But here's the problem I have. 11 days, oh, excuse me, two weeks after that that uh, New Orleans game, the league admitted, oh, yeah, we blew 11 calls in that game. <laughs> That's a lot of bad we, calls. We blew 11 yeah. calls That's... in a game? That, and we still barely lost the game. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, Peterson had multiple fumbles. Um <sighs> uh, no penalties were called. Um, you had them listening in to our plays. Remember that yep. was discovered. Yep. Sean Payton had to set out a year. See, yep. what about cheating? And then they changed the overtime Jerks. rules. Yeah, we would have got get, the right, ball right. at least once. They changed the overtime rules. but uh, And then the other time, let's not forget, ladies oh. and gentlemen, <laughs> one field goal missed all year. All oh, year God, missed one right. field goal, and it was in the playoff game to go yep. to the Super Bowl. Right. So that's what being a Viking fan is all about. I am ecstatic. I'm very happy. I'm excited. I hope it's true. Uh, but everybody's going, why can't you just let it all go? Because you haven't suffered through decades. <laughs> Cautiously like optimistic. How about that? I will repeat the story once again. In 1977, a man said, I will, I'm going to grow a beard and I will cut my beard when the Vikings win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Last year, he died with a very long oh, beard. Oh, poor guy. So don't give me this, can't you just show more team spirit? They tore the team spirit right out of my heart. <laughs> Too many times. No, I, I, I'm i very excited about it. They should. Those last four games that they won, that was very, very impressive. To win two on the road back-to-back like that, to win at home against the Rams who had just been scoring up a storm and playing very, very well. I thought the Redskins would play a lot better than they did uh, on the road. 
when we were playing the Redskins on the road. Vikings won all four of those games. It appears the only game they can lose the rest of the year would be maybe at Carolina, but yeah. that's not even a lock that we'd lose that game. I hope to God we win the Super Bowl so I can finally die in peace. <laughs> Someday the sweet release of death. Well, well, it was great, too. Last night, Philadelphia lost. They, they lost it. Yeah, they did. So we could have home field. It's so funny because Minnesotans are so complacent with things. And you just always hear, well, if they just get to the playoffs, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, they're just so happy with so little. I told the story the other day, as a matter of fact, uh, it came up, my the whole situation, how the KQ Morning Show even started. And it was because I got a call from Catherine saying we were going to have that baby. And, Andy's and fault. It was all Andy's fault that I'm back here suffering with the Vikings. Or enjoying the Vikings so far. The suffering hasn't set in yet. And I hope it doesn't this season. That would be good. But getting in that taxi in New York and hearing all those New York Yankees fans saying, ah, the Yankees suck. They're not, not very good at all. They're okay, but they're not. Yeah, they're, sure, they'll win the American League, but they're not going to win the World Series. And then I get back, I land, and I'm in the taxi on the way home in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Oh, the Vikings, uh, Twins, Twins are going to be great. They're going to have a great team this year. They could finish fourth. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> So they win the American League in New York, and that sucks. We finished fourth in the division, and uh, that was a good thing. In the division? Well, it was back when there was only the American League and the National League. Oh, I was going to say, there were only two them, divisions. Yeah. Fourth were only in the division divisions. now would be pretty bad. Yeah, that would be last place. <laughs> so that would, not be, that would not be good at all. Which we're used to. We have a koala. <laughs> Tim, I think. Yep. Yes. It's Tommy Wizzo. Tom Wizzo. What? Tommy Wizzo from the Disaster Artist. Oh, oh yes, Tom. Yeah. Uh, we had him on. Andy, Andy, Andy's one who played that for me a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, Andy, uh, uh, Tom was saying I, I reviewed the film last uh, Thursday on KQ, and um, I understand The Room is quite a movie. Yeah, it's a very, very bizarre. It's the kind of thing that can only be made... When one person has all the control and all the money and all the everything, yeah. and, yes. and it just he has to make every decision, and everyone else just kind of goes with it because it's a paycheck. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, it's a great movie. As I was telling Tom last week, it is only uh, in one theater right now. It's expanding this week. In, 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 one theater in the Twin Cities, I should say, expanding this week to a couple more at least. But you guys got to see it, especially if you love. Or maybe, uh, it, it, obviously, it's one of those so bad it's good, loved mm. movies. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you got to see The Disaster Artist. It's just incredible. Why are you on the phone right now talking to us, Tim I, I don't know. I, I was trying to figure out his accent, and I, it came down to um, mixing Bruno, you know, from Sasha Baron Cohen. Yes. And uh, he kind of got that thing, what, like, uh, who, Lou Frigno. Um, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Apparently, it's because he grew up in Eastern Europe and then moved to Louisiana. Was it? Is, moved yeah, to Louisiana. Well, so it's like half Eastern European and half Cajun, but, right. which is a very bizarre mix. Yeah, and the thing is, there there are still mysteries surrounding this guy. Oh yeah, he's he ever he's answered the question of like you know where he's from so many different ways. <laughs> I think he just likes screwing oh, I didn't with know people. That. Oh, yeah, he tells people he's from all sorts of places. No, nor does anybody know places. where his money's come from. Yeah, that's true, because oh. the room cost a lot of money to make. Yeah, $6 million of his own money. Uh. And you've got to remember, this is 
2003. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's like $9, $10 million in today's money. Could yeah, you, so. and, and then, you know, I said, Tom, and I'm, I have to go back and check because they say it in the movie, in the postscript. I thought he made 180000 in the initial two-week run, but it could be only $1,800. $1,800. It might mm-hmm. be, but again, that was at the beginning, but this thing became such of a midnight cult classic around the world that it's obviously made back its money yeah. and made this guy. Oh, has it made back its money? Oh, I'm sure yeah. at this point. Oh, that's oh, good. Oh, yeah. Because it's a midnight movie? Yeah, and um, so obviously now this thing is, this movie is going to spark interest in it. You know, it, obviously the disaster artist, I don't even know where it finished this week. Um, it maybe, I don't even think in the top ten. No, it did not. But it's the sort of movie that Franco will be, in all likelihood, nominated for. Hmm. And then the movie's going to start playing. I mean, it, it's going to... It'll be, like I say, it'll be a couple more theaters in the Twin Cities this week. It's a very specialty release, but yeah, they're gonna they're gonna hype this thing once once the awards uh, machine starts rolling for Franco. I really I think, think it will. We had him on the KQ Morning Show. We had Tom Wizzo on the on the KQ Morning Show. He's a very nice guy. Yeah, you know, he seems well. He's he's not too bright. <laughs> you know? Well, there is that. Um, but he's not a mean spirited guy either. Um, there are things in this, and maybe, Andy, I'd like for you to see the movie first, The Disaster Artist, um, before we talk about it, because there is one moment where he threw up a roadblock in front of his friend who played the lead in the movie. Well, no, Tommy was the lead, but his friend uh, was also a big part of it, and he threw up a roadblock uh, to a potential career break for his friend, and that was probably the mm. only thing that he did in a mean-spirited sort of way the whole time. Otherwise, again, he wasn't a mean guy. I shouldn't say was. I mean, he's still with us, obviously. But Mm -hmm. he's just completely clueless. He just didn't know anything about anything, you know? And uh, he wanted to be a star, and he was damn determined to do it, and I think he did it. I don't think uh, the world here works the way it works where it worked wherever he grew up. (laughs) Although I remember apparently he... He said that he used to like sell, I don't know, some something on the boardwalk. That like that like that's how he got all his money. Jeez. But I don't like he just ran a little shop on the boardwalk, but how do you get to the tune of six million? Six yeah, six million dollars from that. I don't think you do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well yeah. he had deep pockets. They didn't say how much, but they alluded to it at one point when you were talking about cashing checks where Seth Rogen's character, who is just very frustrated by this guy, uh, he says, well, here's my check. I'd like to cash it if there's any money in there. And the, the banker says, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, there's money in here. Mm-hmm. But they didn't say how much. They just alluded to the fact that this guy had deep, deep pockets. Now I'm looking at the – it finished 12 uh, this weekend. Right. 1.2 million, 19 screens, $64,254 per screen average. Oh, that's huge. It's monstrous. It is. That's huge. Yeah, whereas your Coco made, uh, you know, $26 million, but its per screen average was $6,500. Yeah, stiff. So nearly $6,500 more. The Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro's movie, only on two screens, 83000 per screen average, which oh, that isn't unusual for a New York, L.A. sort of deal with independent films. So, yeah, it's the second biggest money earner as far as per screen average this weekend. So that's, that's very encouraging mm-hmm. for that movie. 
So should I go see Shape of Things too? You know, you like you've seen Guillermo del Toro's films, haven't you? Oh yes, I love the Orphanato. They're very creative, and this this involves a a creature. This is his version of um, Creature from the Black Lagoon, in a way. Oh, okay. Mm. All right, but it's not. It's more of a a romantic fantasy, and there's going to be one part or a couple parts in the movie, you're going to go, oh, my God, this is just too far. This is, this is way too weird. But then you discover that there's a reason for it. It's really hard to tell you. With, I don't want to give anything away. All right. Because I thought, oh, Jesus, what is going on here? But you stick with the film, and then you realize, okay, everything has a purpose. So, yeah, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, so Shape of Water, I mean, Guillermo, you, you saw, um, what is it, Pan's Labyrinth? Uh, Pan's Labyrinth, yeah. Yes. Oh my yeah. God, yeah. I mean, the guy's got an incredibly creative mind, you know, and uh, was heavily influenced by the monster movies of old, you know, the gothic kind of stuff, and you know, not the slasher kind of BS, nothing like that. Right. So yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I, I uh, thought, you know, I, I, you know me. I mean, I'm open for everything, independent films, blockbusters. You know, I love everything. You mentioned Coco before. Mm-hmm. You're right. It does seem like kind of a low figure for a, a Pixar film, Oh, doesn't yeah, it? absolutely. Yeah, it looks like uh, $108 million, And I think last week I looked up the number when we were on the show here, and it was anywhere from 175 to $200 million budget. So, yeah, it's, it's got a ways. Uh, it's got a ways to go just to make back the budget. Of course, does. this doesn't include marketing either. So, so where is uh, where is the Tom Wizzo movie showing now? That's at, that's showing at the Uptown. What oh, is at the Uptown? Okay, at the Uptown, and then sure. it's um, a couple uh, suburban theaters on the outskirts. Okay, after that, yeah, we... yeah, it's uh, it's at the Uptown now. Probably a good place for it because isn't the Uptown the place where they normally play midnight movies? Indeed. We will be right back, Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. LASIK changed my life. Dr. David Whiting changed my life. He can get rid of those contacts, get rid of those glasses, and truly change your life. He's performed over 100,000 LASIK procedures, so there's no one else around who can compare. Let me tell you, if you're thinking about having your eyes corrected, check out Dr. Whiting and the folks over at Whiting Clinic. They've got the most advanced lasers. They've got the most experience, and they've got the best price, guaranteed. All the reasons you'd choose Whiting Clinic for your LASIK vision correction. Make this year the year that you get LASIK from Dr. David Whiting. Schedule your free LASIK exam at whitingclinic.com, and please tell them I sent you. That's whitingclinic.com to take the first step in having clear lens-free vision at Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Silver bells, silver bells. It's Christmas time, jazzy, in the city. Little Tony Bennett. Yep. 
Not bad. Tim Lammers with us. We're talking movies, ladies and gentlemen. Coco hasn't done all that well. We talked about the Tom Wisco movie. Coco hasn't done all that well? I Is it Wizzo it... or Wisco? Wizzo. Wizzo. Yeah. I thought Coco did, yeah, $26 million. That's not good for a Pixar well, movie. Well, yeah, and it opened really strong, but that was over Thanksgiving weekend. Um, and did 26 over this, so it's at 108. I think it'll it'll make its money back. And again, another movie that is Oscar bound more or less. Mm-hmm, definitely. And that obviously will give movie legs. Um, you know, once the award, you know, it, 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 critics awards and stuff they're coming out already, and they're already naming it best. You know, uh, animated features. So I, that's it. You know, it, that just keeps the marketing machine going. So I think a lot, and, and it's a great movie. I think people should see it. So everybody tells me it's really yeah, good. Yeah, oh, loved it. Just loved it. Well, you know, we get out there. We can walk, go to movies. I love, see, I love going to movies. I noticed there's a brand new Marcus Theater up in Duluth. We were up in Duluth all weekend. Oh, and with Dream Loungers. Dream all Loungers. Right. The whole shooting match. The only problem is those loungers get too comfy, they could put you to sleep. You mean Philip? <laughs> they could put Philip asleep. Every movie yeah, that Tim and I Yeah, we've seen that happen a time or two. It's true. Yeah. It's absolutely true. So what else is happening in the movie world? Well, I tell you what, and it's I was really wishing I could come on today and tell you that this was a place to go this weekend again. But as it turns out, uh, it's only one weekend a year. I went to, for the first time in my life, the Heights Theater yesterday. Oh, yeah, Columbia Heights. The Heights. Okay. And I saw, with my family uh, and my mother-in-law, we went to see a, a White Christmas. And they had an organ player playing Christmas music prior to the screening. And then they had a jazzy type of singer do about a half dozen numbers, Christmas numbers, prior to. And then the film itself was just, it, it was a whole new experience for me. As many times as I've seen White Christmas. You know, to see it on a big screen instead of seeing it on right. video. It was just incredible. That's the one in Connecticut or whatever? Yes. Well, yeah. Vermont. 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 Well, right. Where is it? It's, it's where uh, General Waverly. Right, okay. General Tom Waverly. Right, okay. Um, yeah, his, he's the uh, general whose uh, ski resort is, it's, there's no snow. So right. He's in danger of losing everything. Yeah. Oh. So Bing and Danny Kay, who I just think is one of the greatest song and dance men ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't help but look at Bing and think, Ah, you son of a... <laughs> I know, because he was horrible to his children, you mean? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm sure you've... Have you interviewed Denise Crosby before? Oh, yeah. Denise doesn't mince words when it comes to, basically, her and her fellow uh, being a grandkid of Bing. It wasn't like it was not pleasant. He just basically didn't acknowledge him in the way it sounded. Well, he beat some of them. Oh. Well, some of his kids, yeah. He did beat a couple of his kids, and then the other ones, it's like they didn't even exist. Yeah, so, you know, it's one of those deals where, and we have that problem that's probably more common today with seeing these people, and you can't help but think about their baggage off screen or their right. political rantings off screen. And more or less, it ruins the movie for you. It does. You know, and I, for the first time in my life, I hate to say it, but I screened the post uh, uh, a week ago, I guess, already. And that's the new Spielberg-directed Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like I, I was distracted because I think she's finally gone over the line for me. Oh, Meryl Streep? Where I, yes, exactly. Where Horrible. I just cannot separate that anymore. 
No, it's horrible. It's that, those people in Hollywood need to shut up. Now, on the on the good side of things, Catherine and I, after two episodes of watching Will and Grace and the first two episodes of the year were horrendous. Yeah. We watched uh, episode three and four last night, and it was actually very funny. I was mm. going to say, you guys should yeah. get that another shot because I walked yeah. off the politics. All of them, yeah. yeah. They did. Well, hopefully somebody said, you know what? I'm sure the first week's ratings were pretty good. Yeah. I'm wondering if ratings are dropping. Well, then no, no, it's hard to say, though, because how, how many shows are in the can before, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm wondering right. if, obviously, maybe it was a conscious decision like, okay, let's get it out of our system, and then let's go back to the, having the fun that we were having before. Well, yeah, I'm hoping. And, well, the thing is now with social media and people recording everything before they watch it, I mean, you might, you'll know on social media if it's a political episode, and then the people just skip it. Right. Right. So yeah. it, it's not like they can get away with it anymore. Well, one thing I was wondering, you know, and again, it's like they don't just film it week to week. South Park is one of the rare shows that goes week to week and more or less reacts to the week mm-hmm. oh. events yes. prior to. But, you know, other shows, they just, yeah, they got to have a lot done in advance. I was just wondering before, though, if, if the reaction to their political uh, stance on so many things mm-hmm. hurt the show where they kind of, recalibrated it or something you know but maybe not i don't know hopefully again they just decided that enough is enough okay let's get back to where we were before yeah episode three and four were very funny actually really well south park i think is the only tv show that i can think of where for a few seasons there there were several episodes that i just skipped because they were so they didn't even try to be funny right it was just totally uh you know, they they chose something they hated, and then they just basically, you know, told everyone how much they hate that thing for 22 minutes. And it's just like, I don't know, yeah. that's, not, that's yeah. not funny to me. The funny thing about this season is, and I've, been, I've watched every episode, um, they promised prior to the season that no more politics. Hmm. Thank God. But they, they brought politics back right away. Hmm. But now it seems to be more of a balanced mix of it. Um, you have Garrison, who is the fa Donald Trump presidential character, but you have the kids also doing stupid stuff too, like they used to. I so don't it's, think... it's, it's it's a nice mix. There are a couple. I, I'm and and not coincidentally. I mean, I loved half of the episode so far this season. The other half, you could just take it or leave it. No one really likes that uh, Mr. Garrison persona. I don't know why they yeah, don't it, just it, get rid of it's it. It's just annoying and so overdone. You know, yeah. it's again, and Comedy Central, now they're, you know, you got your Trevor Noah, and then you got some other guy I've never even heard of with his political show. Oh, and they promote those shows on South Park, naturally. Hmm. And it's just like, okay, come Why on. Do that? Yeah, that I, makes no sense to promote political shows on a cartoon. Well, you know, I think, I think Daily Show with Trevor Noah follows it, so that makes sense. It follows up. Well, or maybe you know what? There's oh, another okay. one that comes up, but it's on the same night. Oh, d- doesn't it seem like some of the writers, you know, work on other shows too? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they completely. Yeah. So I mean, I, I I still like South Park a lot, and there there's one episode this year, and Andy, I don't know if you've seen it, where uh, Randy takes one of these 23andMe DNA tests. Yeah, I have. Oh. <laughs> that's a good I one. thought that was hilarious. I don't know uh, if you saw it. But that, to me, was the funniest episode yet this season. I mean, yeah, because it didn't go into anything political. Right. It, it just, was very, very I, funny. I, I've heard that Blackish is funny now again, too. 
the guy yeah, that went down that route too. Yeah, JB said because we had just yeah there was the, when the election was coming up, it was just unwatchable. Yeah. And JB said, "Give it another chance." It's gotten to be hilarious again because I thought that was a very funny show for a long time. The yeah, last episode did. I watched was the one where they were watching some uh, you know police shooting trial, oh, and the entire thing the was they just watched the trial and then they got all upset when the cop got off and that's the whole episode. Yeah. I was like. Why would I ever watch this? Is this and this is a comedy? Correct? Yeah, yeah, it's just. I've it's never true. seen it. I, I you know, I, I, I tend to catch more of the streaming stuff, and if you don't have it on your radar yet, uh, there's a show called Mind Hunter. Yeah, it's a great show. So you've seen that? Yeah, it's a really oh, good God. show. And that's just been renewed for a second season. Yep, that's a very, very good show. And also, Netflix this morning announced that House of Cards is coming back. What? For a sixth season. Um, solely concentrate. Well, Robin Wright, the lead character, right. the first lady, or turned vice president because she's vice president, I think. Right. Yep. Right. So it's going to concentrate on her. So and it's only going to be eight episodes as opposed to thirteen because I suppose all the time they lost. What are right. they going to do about Kevin Spacey though? I, I would mean, imagine they're going to kill him off. He's been assassinated. Oh, yeah. they, they, I, I don't think they have a choice there. Oh no. God, absolutely. I mean, just not. to even allude to that, because if he were imprisoned or something, I mean, mm. you would think that that would be a theme that would have to stay alive throughout the. Yeah, I think they're just going to kill him or off. Or do, do you think they're going to go with the off-screen kill, or are they going to actually like do it? <laughs> I think that she'll have him killed off. <laughs> because it, she was very unhappy with him the last season. Yeah, oh, she's been very unhappy the last couple seasons. Yeah, she's which... such a terrible actress, but she seems to she works with oh, this she role. Terrible. No, she's terrible. Oh, really? She's I, always I, been I terrible. Think she's a, she's uh, very evil, but maybe you can overdo that, I guess. But I, 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 I haven't found fault with the show. But again, no. you know, this is the sort of show where you see Kevin Spacey and just. Oh, oh, he's so horrible mean. of a character it yeah. is. And so then you hear real life. Um, accusations about him, and you don't feel like you're surprised because you feel like, well, this character he's playing on the show must be him in real life, right? Typecasting, exactly. And Robin Wright, I think, is also typecast. I just think that she doesn't have a personality in that flat sort of sociopath sort of way that she, you know, her character is. Yeah. I think it works out great because I, I think that's probably just how she is too oh. do you think they'd let me on with my series because it would be extremely funny if people could get past anything but just do a sitcom called whitish where everybody sits around acting superior and there's money coming out of their ears what it'd be hilarious whitish. that's just everyday reality Tom yeah, just everyday reality whitish well you know they got the spinoff grownish that starts next month. Grownish. Yeah. What's, What's that? Grownish. It uh, follows the. Uh, oh, the woman, the girl. Yeah, yeah the, the girl. girl oh, I did see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about just ish? <laughs> <laughs> That's most of television. That's most of television. And just film. ish. I don't know. There's some good stuff on television right now. Pleasantly surprised by a couple of things. Well, and... we've talked about it before. The Good Doctor. I love it. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah, such a Alex good show. Just, yeah, Alex jumped on that bandwagon. Oh, my gosh. And I binge like crazy. It's Dan good, goes to bed at like it? 9, and I was up until like 1230 watching The Good yeah. Doctor. <laughs> and that show, I mean, just again, the way that Freddie Highmore's character sees things. And he is just, isn't he an incredible actor? Wonderful. He is. And that's the sort of role, man. That's a tricky role, you know. Yeah, no, it absolutely is, because if you did it, if you overdid it, it wouldn't be interesting, and if you underdid it, you're going, like, so what, what's the problem here? Right, and but that's he does it the well. character actor that plays his mentor. I'm trying to think who his 
Yeah, the older guy, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, he's fantastic, yeah, I mean, it's, too. It's a, great, it's a great cast all around. They're the only two honkies in it, though. Oh, I didn't really know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Know. Everybody else in it is, is a minority. So, Richard, well, what is Richard's last name? Richard is the guy. Oh, yeah. I know. He's a really good actor. Yeah. And yeah. The only problem I got with, with the TV, well, I, it's not really a problem, because basically now uh, we can't, we're not going to be able to call minorities minorities much longer. No. Because they're not going to be the minorities anymore. So we're going to be the minorities. So will they call us minorities? No. I did not know this, uh, but it was pointed out this weekend. We were just talking about this, so I asked Andy to look, look up some stats. Did you know that in 1970, Minneapolis and St. Paul was, what did you say, 97% white? Around there, yeah. Well, yeah. just Minneapolis. Minneapolis. 1970, it was 97 or 98% white. It is now 67% white. So Yeah, so there are definitely places where white people already are a minority. Absolutely. They're not going to admit that ever, I don't think. People, we're always going to be the... Uh, well, New York, it's been like that for a while, right? Well, yeah. Den- Manhattan. Dennis Miller's great line, I'm sick and tired of getting hassled by the man. That's <laughs> 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 very funny. I think white, I'm going to write whitish. And it'll just be people sitting around, got tons of dough and don't tell anybody, and it's just given to them. They don't have to work for it. And then they just act very superior to everybody else. You're born with $5 in a bank account. Exactly. Everybody automatically gets $5 (laughs) only if you're white, though. I'm thinking back to that wonderful Eddie Murphy sketch where he went into the bank. Yes. Take all the money you want. (laughs) Just take all the money you want. If you want money, just go take it all if you want. We don't care. Go ahead. Take it. Some people really do think that's the way it is. Yes, they do. Don't forget, when Barack Obama was first elected president, they thought there was Obama money, and they were going to get all this money given to them. Remember that? Actually, I do, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember reading about it. They thought there was Obama money, and that everybody was going to start cashing checks because he was president. Unbelievable. Where do you think you are? Where? What world did you grow up in? I think there should be a federal mandate that teaches every single person, as soon as they get into kindergarten, where the government gets their money. Yeah, from people who work. <laughs> That's they what they need to know. They won't believe it, is the they thing. They need to understand oh, how right. it works. You're I right. think they that the only reason anyone has money is because they cheated, you know, someone else. Oh. Uh, which is... Well, Most likely true, but that includes all races. Well, white, yeah. White people and everybody. White people, we only have money because, you know, we're so racist that it yeah, that generated. It. We shall be back, Tom Bernard Show. My pillow is the holiday gift that keeps on giving. Long after the bath and body soaps have washed down the drain and the new treadmill has been turned into a clothes rack, your My Pillow gift will be guaranteeing your friends and family a great night's sleep. Buy one MyPillow and get one free online with my code KQRS or call my special offer number at 800-694-2056. Buy one, get one at MyPillow.com, keyword KQRS, or call 800-694-2056. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. 
and neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. Collins die? No. That's, uh, that snow and wind is coming, man. It's like, oh, yeah. It's going to be oh, yeah. tonight. It's yeah. unbelievable. I walk outside this morning, it's 55 degrees. It's 58 mm-hmm. on my car. The yeah, mile almost 50, 60. High yeah. of 58, low of 18. It's a record. And then, yeah, when we're leaving. And then something's going to yep. just blow in. <laughs> like the swing. Andy, would you look Make up the Armistice Day storm? It went from 75 degrees to like five below. What? Well, that was, and that was early December, wasn't it? I think it was November 11th. Oh, November. Okay, when am I? I think, think it was Armistice Day. I think it was Veterans Day. Oh. Armistice Day blizzard, 1940. 1940. There you go. This is by afternoon. 27 inches of snow, 80 mile per hour winds. 80 mile an hour winds with 27 inches of snow and And the temperature drops. 50 degree temperature drops. From what to what? Well, they're saying when we leave, uh, we should encounter 25 to 30 mile an hour winds. When we leave here? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, From what to what? 70 degrees to 20 degrees or something? They are not saying. I'm pretty sure it was like 70 degrees or 65 degrees and dropped down to 15 (laughs) degrees or something. It's going to be a great evening rush hour. Oh, my God. Joe from Louisville says it's supposed to snow in Louisville on Friday. Yeah, there's a big mm. front uh, what, like sweeping a, down from Canada. Half an inch. Yeah. I wish Canada 1.5 million turkeys died during that blizzard. Oh, my God. <laughs> turkeys. What? Come inside, turkeys. Yeah, they did not come inside. They didn't come inside. And then Bird 145 brains. people. 145 people got killed. The majority yeah. of Why? which were sailors. Hunters. Or boaters. Oh. Boaters, hunters, and sailors. Yeah. A bunch of 66 people on Lake Michigan. Oh, oh my God. Because it's like, you know, what What are you going to do? You're on a boat. How do you not know that's coming? <laughs> well, I mean, in 1940, honestly. I mean, what were not they? Not like they had the Doppler radar, or yeah. did they? Yeah. Did they think it was the Krauts attacking? They would have had to have, uh, like, Taking a newspaper or something, and if you didn't do that, then... <laughs> Take a newspaper. Yeah, i got to be see. honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it came up on this show or, or the morning show last week or whatever, but honestly, there was a guy, and he was probably 95 years old or something, and he was doing a speech on, I don't know, it wasn't on the regular news, but it was on one of the newsreel deals. He was being honored. He might have even been 100 years old. But he's being honored for his service in World War II. And, of course, the first thing he did when he got up there, that's such an honor to be up here with all the guys who fought the Japs with me. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. So call them the Japs after, like, 60, 70 years, whatever. It's been 70 years now. And I think at that point it's not a still. It's a, that's just how it is forever. That's just how it is yeah, for him that's from, what, from now on. That's what they said the whole time they were over there, and that was their lives mm-hmm. for many years. Well, I remember at, at KSLQ in St. Louis when I was going down there for Capitol Records, they had a British guy that was like the sales manager or whatever. 
and he was, you know, getting up there in years. And every time he'd talk about World War II, he'd go, I remember the night we were strafing the Jerry's. <laughs> <laughs> strafing the Jerry's? What the hell? Where did they get Jerry out of Jerma? I suppose just G-E-R. Yeah. yeah. That does sound like some a British thing. <laughs> that is, a, yes. We were strafing the Jerry's. And... Because okay. we call them Krauts over here. We call them Krauts because we're all Krauts in Minnesota. Is, is Kraut considered derogatory at this point? Well, Most sour likely. Kraut. I think at this point. I mean, point, it's common it's, if it isn't. I think at this point it's so old that no one. Cares. I'm half German and I'm terribly offended. I am I, too. I, I'm half German too, and I, I'm I'm hanging up. I, I will tell. Well, we're, everybody in this room is German except for uh, except for Melina. Yeah. Um, and we're not fully German or anything like that. I think I'm like, what is it, like 20% German or something? I think I'm half. You're not half. No, half. I'm, I'm, I'm a quarter. Well, I'm half. Yeah, so, you're, so I'm a quarter. And you've got how well, much German in you? Yeah, you're mostly German. No, are you? I'm yeah, not. I think you're like 50% yes. German. No, I'm not. Though yes, that's you are. what my mother thought, but it's not true. Well, you have the yeah, 23 and me thing. He can tell you exactly well, how that, much we some, have. Some of that comes, like the black part of them comes from Catherine. That's Betty. Do you know You're that welcome. Catherine is 0.02% African? Did you know that, Tim? I, I heard that before. She, you did one of, what was it, the... 23andMe. 23andMe? It was originally Catherine Brandt and the Supremes, <laughs> but then she had to drop out at the last <laughs> minute. <laughs> she had you know, to drop out. For the first time I've seen anybody do this, I thought, this is a great idea for a story. Um, it was on the Today Show last week, host Matt Lauer. Which makes the show watchable again. Well, yeah, it does. Way. No, you're absolutely right. Good good point. Um, but this reporter, uh, last name Rawson, he's like a consumer reporter, but he took a pair of triplets, uh, adult uh, triplet girls, women, and he had them each do a DNA test for the three major ones oh. to see if there were any discrepancies. And I'm thinking, oh, well, this first of all, it's a great idea. Yeah. It is a great the accuracy, idea. And on all three, they all matched up perfectly. So well, that's they did. good news. I mean, that means these tests aren't, they're not yeah. scamming people. Mm, yeah. All right, what do we got, Andy? Here we go. Andy's 23andMe breakdown. Well, there's 25% French and German, so German. I don't think there's any France going around. No. Um, no frogs. But You're 25% German? 30% broadly Northwestern European, which could be be German. German it could be who knows well that's mostly probably Scottish English and Irish isn't it probably yes but there's this 16% British and Irish so oh it is 16% British so and it's Irish. at least a quarter German up to half but so that really means knows that I'm probably at least 32% Irish and and, and English probably because you're no Irish and English yeah, that's no, probably... I don't care how many Dago, Guinea, what greaseball, goombas come out of the woodwork. <laughs> I'm German-Irish. Well, let me tell you something, my Kraut Mick friend. Uh, I'm going to make so much trouble for you, you won't know what it is. <laughs> One of the greatest reads in the history of acting is when he says, I'm German-Irish. <laughs> oh, my he God. He makes the statement. I'm... Okay, what else you got? Okay, so you're 25% German. Um, you're 16%... British and Irish. British and Irish. Six percent Scandinavian. So that all comes from. Does that come from you or That's me? probably from mom. Um, from... Are you Scandinavian? Well, that's probably no. from that, like you know, general, whatever mix from the. Um, your six percent. From your mom's side. No, you know what? I think that's my side. I think my mother was part Scandinavian, but she didn't know it. Oh. 
So I think well, I'm 12 would, percent scanned. You could ask Tony because he did 23 and me. Oh, did he? Oh yeah. Okay, what else you got? Um, other than that, that's it's 77 percent Northwestern European. So 77 percent. Oh, so almost that's, entirely Northwestern European. So that in, that includes Germany and France and Ireland and Scotland and England. Basically and, everything but Spain. Everything but Spain. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't include Scandinavia though either, does it? It does. Oh, does it? You wouldn't think it would, but it does. So you're almost fully honky. Um, and the, well, yeah. I'm, the only non-white is that 0.2 percent North African. Catherine, <coughs> anyway, <laughs> from Catherine's thing. Yeah, you know. So, so okay, so let me figure this out. So if Catherine's the 0.2, that makes her 0.4. But Alex, you and Alex are 0.1 then. No, I'm 0.2. Oh, you're both 0.2. Yeah, oh, Mom's right. 0.4, which means that Grandma's 0.8. And so forth. Yeah, well, I'm just wondering. I was thinking, well, everything's divided in half. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm half German because my mom was half German, and my dad is half German, so therefore I'm half German. I should have known, though, because I did know that Catherine's great great grandfather played for the Prague basketball team. So I should have known there was something <laughs> in there. The, the, the Prague, what? What, their, what was the team name? The Prague checks. Checks. Now <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's something interesting. Our lin- well, my and Alex's lineage started as North African, and the rest of the stuff got added later. Well, that our, makes total sense. Our latest ancestor, or well, our earliest, I guess, was North African from 1720. Yeah, that doesn't make that, that does make total sense. What? And then he got, or he or she, uh, mixed with Finnish. So then there was half. Oh, that's and half. a long way away from Africa. Africa and Finnish? How did yeah. how, that happen? And then That's some traveling going on. And then on. apparently we were North African and Finnish for like a hundred years, and then somehow made it to Western Europe. And and you married Harry and became a princess. <laughs> yep. So that was good. So how much Italian are we? Are you? Basically zero. Well, I thought that was part of. Well, the there's North- the bro- well wait. Broadly Northwest, does that include Italy? It does not. It does not. So you're you're zero Italian. I have broadly European, whatever that means, ten <laughs> percent. I like that broad well that I think is so Italian. Up to ten percent. He wants it to be Italian. I'm just telling well, you. Well you what know his it accent is, is so uh Authentic. Oh, and then there's spot on Southern European. Clearly a real Italian. Well, that is man. A, that that's Italian, isn't it? Well, it could be like Turkish or something like that. One or, of those places near or Czechoslovakia. Yeah, it could places. be the Bohemian it's because the Bohemian, yeah, because yeah. Bohemia is a lost country. So yes, I don't even is. know what they they're consider counted that as Eastern European, and yeah. I'm eleven point eight percent that. I should I should track it down and find out what I am then. Yeah, because you and, or Tony. I'd call my brother Tony, but he wouldn't call me back. So. I would say That's at true. this point, I'm so genetically diluted that it's just like, you know. You're just a white guy. Doesn't really count as anything. You're white. You're just a white guy. Pretty much, yeah. German is the only thing I can really claim as my heritage. But it's so... It's, well, it's not English enough. and Irish and Scottish. Not much, though. 25%? That means... No, yeah, 16%. Well, oh, 32% is what I am. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. I go that, with the easy uh, definition. I'm American. Yeah, American's exactly. Good. Go. I wish we all went with that. I've never really been. It's, I know a lot of people who are like really into their heritage. Like Dan. In fact, well, yeah, Dan, Dan. Dan is. Mike is somewhat. Is what? Um, 
He's not as into it as Dan and Dave no, are not, the two most yeah. into. Oh, that are into it. Their yeah, heritage. Into but then, like yeah, um, the Fitzgibbons, they're really into the whole Irish oh, thing. Oh, they're into oh, the yeah. Irish. Yeah. Um, I'm really into being Bohemian. That's Very true. proud of my Bohemian. Even though yes. we're only like 11 percent Bohemian. And, it's there. And you stole babies, but other than that. It's I don't even mind. We weren't even that kind of baby stealers. We weren't that kind of bohemians. We were the kind too. Here we go. We were. We were the good kind of bohemians. We were the beet farmer kind. Uh huh. Nice try. We were trying to give people good blood. Tasty beets. Beets. (laughs) I love those spots they run on television. I thought for the longest time that I was Spanish. It turns out I'm 98% Native American. <laughs> How the hell did you not know that? Well, that's pretty much what the South Park episode was. <laughs> oh, was it really? Oh, God, Tom, you have to see that episode. Was it really it's funny? Freaking hilarious, man. So the guy didn't. So what? What did the guy think he was? And then what did he turn out to be? Well, it's it's not really that even uh, clear cut. Oh, it's not. Yeah, yeah there's... there's there's some um, muddling going on there. <laughs> there's muddling. Yes. How would you get? Okay. <laughs> I, basically, the onus behind it was like you know, if you can claim something other than generic white, then that makes you interesting or cool or something. <laughs> wow. So everyone wanted to find out, and if they weren't anything funny. but white, then yeah, they uh, wanted to do something about that. That's actually very funny. If you're anything but white, that makes you cool. <laughs> well, it's totally true. <laughs> It is. It is totally true. Oh, because God. everyone in America is almost entirely European. Oh, so. Andy, would you bring up that story about the MSNBC woman? She's a black woman who apparently just loves to beat the piss out of gay people on her uh, Twitter account. Oh. I, I, why, to the, in this day and age, you're going to go on Twitter or Facebook and just attack another orientation or race or gender. Why not? What the hell's wrong with you? It's fun. It's like no one's going to find out. You work at MSNBC and no oh, one's going to find go. out. Joy Reid. Yeah, Joy Reid. That's exactly who it is. MSNBC is Joy Reid. very joyous. Et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Why is she Clunk. smiling? What do you get to smile about? Because MSN- she had a new book. MSNBC host Joy Reid issued an apology on Sunday for a series of blog posts nearly a decade ago, most critical of, uh, mostly critical of former Governor Charlie Crist of Florida, that have been uh, criticized as homophobic and anti-gay. Isn't that the same thing? Yeah, you'd think so. Well, homophobic means afraid of gays. Homophobic homophobic is a stupid term. Afraid of man is what it actually means. It depends on what language you're talking about. What do you mean? Uh, It means man in, I think, Greek, and it means the same in Latin. Oh, the same? Yes. So fear of the same. Yes, homophobia is a dumb word. It really is a stupid word. In a lot of ways. It, it, it's a made-up word and they should have never used it because it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Anti-gay is totally different. But let's go to the uh, the uh, meat of the article. We're going to the meat of the article? Where did she... So does Twitter. Uh, let's see. Right. I think this is the part that... No, that's still the apology. <laughs> still apologizing. Still apologizing. Jesus. Are you talking about yeah, the view still thing? Apo- They're not, they don't show any of her tweets. I don't see Are it. Are you talking about the view? Oh, oh wait. Miss Char- she called him Miss Charlie. No, no, no. Uh-oh. Yeah, here Very we go. Um, well, you guys are... Yakking up a storm, and I don't know what about. Uh, Miss Charlie, Miss Charlie, stop pretending, brother. It's okay that you don't go for the ladies. That's not very homophobic. Mm-hmm. That's the entire thing. Well, calling them Miss Charlie, Miss Charlie, they probably wouldn't care for that. But gay people do that all the time. I guess I don't know. Who knows anymore what the hell's going on? Nice I know that. Me. We will be right back. Tom Bernard Show. <laughs> 